All right. Well, first of all, um, Dave, thank you very much for being here. We are very excited to have you. I've been uh, personally a longtime fan, so this is an awesome thing for me. Thank you so much um, for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. And, you got uh, a beautiful store here. Thank you. Thank you very much. Awesome. I'm sure you see a lot of music stores, so I will take that as a high I compliment. I do, and it's nice, you know, everything has a vibe, <laughs> you know, and some stores have more vibe than others. Totally. This has a good vibe to it. Awesome. Well, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Um, so we kind of do this podcast when we have artists come in mm -hmm. and we like to take away as much of your story and a much, as much as we can about your journey mm -hmm. and kind of how you got to this point as possible. And our, our kind of goal is to inspire, uh, our customer base and our student sure. base, um, you know, that, that, uh, they can achieve their dreams and what their, you know, Absolutely. their goals are. Absolutely. Um, so well, I guess we'll just get right into it. Let's do it. Um, what are you working on these days? What, what kind of I am big thing? extremely excited. I have a brand new band. The name okay. has not been announced yet, so I'm not going to yet. Okay. <laughs> um, I know it's just dumb because it's like, well, how do we know how to follow you? Just follow me on Facebook and you'll find the band. It's going to announce because I'm waiting. Um, we did one show. That's it so far. Uh, a couple weeks ago, okay. I filmed everything, recorded everything, and now the first video is being edited. So it's all live stuff. There's no studio recordings yet. Okay. Um, because, you know, talking about inspiration, you just, anybody, anything, you have to just do. And I said, I don't know why I'm, because I started playing when I was 10 and immediately had an original band and we were writing again. 10, 11, 12, 13, went into a pro studio, recorded a full-length record. Wow. Did it again when I was 15. That came, another one came out when I was 16. That's all I ever wanted to do. Vocal band, fun music, uh, and you just have to do it. You know, I didn't know much on the guitar at that age, but I was learning and I would write and the writing would inspire more things that I wanted to learn and it just kept going around like that. Um, fast forward now, <laughs> many, many years later, and um, I'm finally getting back to doing it again. So I said, I'm not going to go in a studio. I'm just going to write a few songs, um, and we're going to go and play it. I put a band together, rehearsed, and we went out and played one show, recorded it. And so now that's the content that's coming out. And it was a great way to get started. Okay. Now I can hear the way that the songs will work live with a band and manipulate them and then go into a studio and, um, you know, lay down a, a record. Okay. Eventually, I'm writing kind of the other half of it right now. Okay. Anyway, rec uh, the uh, video for the first song I think is going to come out either the end of next week or shortly thereafter. And that's when, leading up to that, I'm going to release one letter of the name. Oh, wow. So you have this already day. planned out. Okay. Yeah. All right. Oh, so yeah. I really yeah. need there's to be planning. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there's always a plan. In rock and roll, a lot of times plan. there's not a plan. It comes that's, like... That's right. No, I mean, you know, again, uh, throw yourself into it. Whatever it is, do it. Just be a doer. You have yeah. to be a doer. Along the way, you'll figure out the plan. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. The when, details. Uh, yeah. When I did the show, I didn't say, all right, now I'm going to do the name and release it. Everything. You know, it's just a fun thing to do. Yeah. It, sure. it really has no meaning to it. There's no weight to it. People are going to see the name and go... I was waiting for that because there's, there's nothing that can lead up to such a, such a big, uh, unveil. It doesn't matter at all. It was just a fun way to build. Sure. Uh, it's exciting. Interest and anticipation. It, yeah, That's cool. really all it is. Okay. Yeah. So who were you playing with? So in the band, um, it's all Philly players. Okay. Um, a fantastic singer named Michelle Lee, uh, my bass player that I've been playing with for a long time named Rob Smith, okay. keyboard player named Mike, uh, Matt Landis. And then on drums, a guy named Mike Zimbach. Okay. So I'm 
I'm writing everything though, and the the band may be a revolving cast depending okay. on availability sure. and such like that. That's kind of a really awesome thing though, because sometimes you have to work around schedules and that can not work out. You know, I don't want to pass up gigs when, oh, I can't do it because I'm on vacation. I get that. Go on vacation, but I'm going to get somebody else to do sure, it. Sure, you still want and to that's do all, the gigs. That's also and, yeah. cool though, because you, you know, I've learned in life, it's all about relationships and people. Oh, totally. Yeah. Absolutely. Because nothing works without that, you know, and I'm a do it all myself kind of person from writing to release, you know, I record, mix, master, everything. Front wow, to back. so you're a jack of all trades. Well, really I learned how it. to do it all over the, over these years by by force, really, because it was like, okay, I wanted to start releasing records. And I'm not talking to my teens. I'm talking once I, you know, turned professional and started doing this for a living. So my early 20s. And um, in between tours, I wanted to start releasing stuff. And it was like, okay, yeah, sure, I could go find a studio and such, but... I had an interest in doing it in learning the process okay. so that it could, I could be kind of self-sustaining and, you know, because again, working with Steve Vai, who I'm sure we'll get into at some point, um, he was very instrumental in, no pun intended, um, <laughs> in saying, listen, if you want to engineer, it's not that hard, learn how to do it. And sure. then you're in complete control. And then, mixing stage and the mastering stage on my first couple of records i didn't master but now i do and I, I love it it's a lot of fun but also now more than ever i just want to be the writer and i just want to go on tour sure. and play yeah. so i and be in control trying to push off all that other stuff to people who do it all day every day and they love it sure you know yeah that's all so that's what i'm working on new that's, band that's an exciting new project band. yeah um Name coming soon, content coming soon. We're going to get out and play everywhere and anywhere. A new band, you, I'll play Wednesday at 6 p.m. like this <laughs> clinic, you know? It doesn't matter. You have to get out and play and prove yourself. Yeah, you know, absolutely. you got to get out and do the circuit and do it and do it and do it. And you know what? I really like the idea of the possibility of a revolving uh, door of players uh, because that, the interaction between musicians changes things so much. So it doesn't become stale to you. You're not going to get tired of playing the same song, you know. So if you're that's true, you know, but throwing yeah. somebody else's dynamic into there, yeah, kind of really changes. Things. So it, it could be pretty cool, you know. And there's a lot of people out there who are in bands, and they would say that this concept is crazy because once you gain a band and the trust involved and the relationship involved, and you know everybody's listening to each other, sure. and you have an awesome thing going, why would you want to change that up? Ultimately, you don't. But again, the community aspect of it, the, um, you know, bringing somebody in to just add a different flavor at sure. times, you know, that's appealing to me. Yeah, it's cool. It yeah. keeps it fresh. So tell me a little bit about some of your influences and kind of what got you into guitar. Uh, so, you know, some well, of the artists Well, it's a really, really funny answer, but I was a drummer. I started playing drums when I was seven or eight or something. And then I saw Back to the Future. Really? Okay. That's the answer. Okay. Marty McFly up there with the Gibson playing Johnny Be Good. Yep. I said, nope, that's that what I want awesome, to do. That was an awesome, awesome scene. And as kind of lame as an answer as that is for, but it doesn't matter. Inspiration is inspiration. You can get it anywhere. Um, so that really started me on the path of playing guitar. Um, and then influences, uh, early influences were uh, Tom Schultz from Boston. Okay, I learned great all about melody and harmony by transcribing Boston records. Okay. I mean, 
the guitar parts and there's layers of them, the vocal parts and there's layers of them. And when you transcribe each one, you know, and you, oh, the guitar is up a major third or here's the vocal and the guitar is up a fifth or something, you know, really great education to yeah, do that totally. kind of stuff. So he was up there um, and I started playing in 86. Okay. So I was 10. And again, at that time, the hair metal, whatever you want to call that slightly tragic era, um, <laughs> slightly great, slightly tragic. There, there, there was, well, I don't know about a lot, <laughs> but there was, there was some really great guitar players. Yeah. But even bef like 86-ish, and it was really kind of a, you know, nature versus nurture type of thing because in the room where I took lessons, just the environment, there was a poster of um, Robert Cray. Okay. There was a poster of B.B. King. There was a poster of Stevie Ray. There was a poster of Scott Henderson. There was a poster of Robin Ford. Okay. So naturally, curious at a, as, as a 10-year-old, I started asking, well, who are these people? And then, you know, I started trying to find the music. And of course, this is 1986. There are, there is no internet. That's right. Yeah. No now Apple music easy. or now anything. I have every song ever in my pocket yep. on my phone. Yep. Um, but back then, you know, you go and you find the tape and, um, and that was awesome because it kind of, it was, you know, all those players are, uh, blues players. Yeah. And that became a very great foundation. There's a huge education to be had by learning even the simplest blues. Um, but you throw Henderson in there and Robin Ford in there, and they are on the cusp of jazz blues fusion, Fusional, right? Yeah. So that piqued my interest because I was like, all right, B.B. King, Robert Cray, Stevie Ray, you know, these guys, uh, Robert Cray and B.B. And, and, um, King, more traditional, right? Stevie Ray tearing everything up, yeah. still steeped in tradition and the other guys as well but then again scott henderson and robin ford steeped in tradition but throwing that jazz thing in there that really piqued my interest so i started learning a lot about theory at that point okay uh, because and and my teacher couldn't really explain it you know um so it was i started kind of self-teaching and it was it was a lot of transcribing it's really what it really? was back okay. then because it was just all right let me listen to this what's happening and so i would start to figure out um, you know, Robin Ford using a diminished scale to transition between a one and a four and back and forth and stuff like that. Okay. You know, um, I didn't have a name for it at the time, but I would learn the notes. And then eventually I gained the knowledge through, you know, buying this book or this VHS. Sure. Tape yeah, like, okay, yeah, okay. I was like, okay, so that was called diminished. You know, I didn't, yeah. I didn't have a name for it, but, um, but yeah, so, so it was, it was just the, the nature of, just this one, I happened to be in this guitar room in this guitar shop in my hometown, and it just happened to have these posters, and that got me started with those kinds of players. Okay. But then, of course, you know, as a as a young person and seeing MTV and Steve Vai and Joe Satriani and all of these other, you know, Van Halen, of course, sure. you know, all of these other players who... You know, the videos were presenting this world of everything is a party and everything is, you know, the, the crazy colored guitars and all that kind of yeah, stuff. And, and the showmanship. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, arenas and surfboards going out over the crowd, yeah, you know, screaming like fans David Lee Roth like, video. Yeah. Um, you know, and that was always awesome. So I did know who Steve I was, of course, and, um, and, and was a fan. So it kind of put me on this journey of the blues and then 
Jazz and Fusion. And by the way, Scott Henderson's VHS tapes way back then were like my Bible. Yeah. Because, and, and I, to this day, I recommend everybody go and watch them because they la he laid it out. For me, he laid it out right there, you know. Um, basic principles and not so basic principles, but principles to take with you forever. And we're yeah. going to talk about some of these things tonight in the clinic. But um, so those were some of my earliest influences. Okay. Yeah. Who are you listening to currently? Like, what did you listen to in the car on the way here today? <laughs> Devin Townsend's new record. Okay. And he's awesome. Yep. Um, and Enya. Really? Yep. Okay. I, I listen to a lot of different stuff. It just depends on the mood, like anything. I'm sure. a mood person. So what am I feeling? I, I wanted to listen to Devin, um, who's a fantastic person and incredible musician. Incredible, yeah. Crazy, crazy, inspiring musician to me and vocalist. You yeah. know, I love his singing. Very thematic, dramatic, even cinematic. Yeah. I'm not trying to rhyme here. Yeah, yeah, pretty good. <laughs> it's just coming out like that. Um, but he's great. He's great. I've had the pleasure of interacting with him in a few different events and he's always a, a great person very inspiring person a guy that says listen if you're not doing what you don't want to be doing get out of the situation and make it happen and he's know? on his own path too yep. it's, he, he it's not something that you can shove into a box and say okay this yeah. is this kind of music yeah. kind of thing and we, we've sold his uh he had a pv seven string baritone guitar mm. for a little while that we sold. It mm -hmm. was just a unique, cool mm -hmm. instrument that yeah. only fit him kind of thing, right. you know? Right. He's very um, unique and, and that's awesome. So I, every time he comes out with a record, I certainly give it plenty of listens because there's a lot to gain from it. Um, but like I said, then I switched over to Enya. Um, <laughs> I, I grew up, my mom used to listen to Enya. So I, you know, always found it just very soothing, you know? And when I'm sitting in traffic, Driving here, you know, it's like coming out of DC, uh, where I spent the day. It was like, okay, let's just let's even this out. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's kind of a Zen drive. Yeah, yeah exactly, kind of... exactly. I listen to, I mean, I listen to everything. I really do. But that's, that's cool. what I listened to today. All right. Well, that's a good answer. I was not expecting you to say Enya, so right. I'm glad that it's you an threw me off. It's an unexpected answer, bit. but I have mentioned her many times. If there was one artist I would love to work with. In this lifetime, I would love to do one song with Enya. That's a cool. Just cause, cool. you know, her voice, I mean, her voice and her writing, it's just yeah. very, um, it's awesome. And people know her, even if you don't know the name, if you've watched well, all the Lord of the Rings movies and um, the other movies that she was involved in, maybe the, uh, what are the other ones? I don't know. Doesn't I can't matter. help you with that. Doesn't matter. <laughs> But yeah, <laughs> so great. tell me a little bit about your relationship with PRS. Um, I've seen, uh, I follow you on Facebook mm -hmm. and Instagram and I've seen you, uh, you know, unveil some pretty cool guitars mm -hmm. over the last couple of years. Sure. Um, you know, uh, I see you a lot with the silver sky. Mm -hmm. I see, you know, I think you have a couple, uh, I'll call them DW customs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think you have an awesome acoustic that I've seen before. So tell me yes. about that relationship and, yeah. and kind of how you guys got started and, and what draws you to those instruments. I um, was invited to the factory back in 09 and um, met Paul, met everybody that day. You know, they sent me home with a bunch of guitars and I kept one, which was a 513, a Swamp Ash 513, Rosewood board, 24, no, 22, 22 frets. And it was just, it was just great. It was really great. Um, and then I said, well, I've got, you know, a bunch of touring coming up here and I need seven strings. 
So we did a seven string 513, which okay. I still think is the only one in existence. Uh, I've never seen another one, so that could be very true. <laughs> and then we did a custom 24 seven string, which there's a few of those out there. I know Monkey from Corn has one and um, Emil Wurstler. Do you know him, Emil? Uh -huh. uh, if you want to talk about the, may be the best alternate picker ever. Really? And okay. a, a heck of an awesome guy. Uh, he's an inspiration. You should have him in for a clinic. Okay. He's he's he's, he's a pure ass artist. Okay. Um, awesome, awesome, awesome on every level. Um, wow, best alternate picker ever. I mean, that's something to say. And again, yeah. but I'm not an alternate picker, so I'm I get amused and very amazed when I see it done so well. And yeah. that's a dumb thing. There's no best. This is yeah, art. Yeah, yeah, I don't care if no you're, best if you're music, technical or still. not. I'm I'm really not a technical kind of player, really. Um, but but his. Alternate picking is a, is standout. Okay. I mean, standout for sure. Out. That's really cool. Um, he's amazing. Anyway, uh, so we did some seven strings, and then over the years, we've done various customs, you know, and um, right time, right place for me as a as a guitar player because I I um, I need seven strings, but I don't play them anymore unless the song calls for it. So I do play it a lot if I'm on tour with Steve I. Okay. Because from when I joined Steve's band in 99 up until very recently, Steve didn't touch a seven string. Maybe it was in the studio, but live, everything seven string was on me. Okay. So most of the stuff I've done with Steve over the near 20 years is, um, you know, it's been on a seven string and PRS's seven strings are fantastic and a lot of people are very curious about them because yeah. they're still just a 25-inch scale for seven-string. A lot of people are, why? It works, and it yeah. feels really good. That was the whole point. I don't want it to change from, like, a custom 24 standard to, like, a seven-string. You know, I wanted it to feel the same, so that's why we kept it that way. But um, the word I always use with PRS is trust. You know, I've done clinics all, all over the world, really, and I'm not saying that to be arrogant or anything, but... Um, Sometimes I do them and I don't take a guitar. I use whatever the store has because I could have very easily not brought my guitar here. I could have picked up any of these things and I yeah. know it's going to feel good. Right. You know, guitars and guitar stores are not yours. You know, I'm talking to the customers now because sometimes this comes, oh, that doesn't feel good. It's not your guitar yet. Yeah. It's not set up for you yet. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I, I did some work to this thing to really make it mine and make it feel the way I needed to. But generally, I could pick up a PRS anywhere and, and have the feeling that I'm used to that I really enjoy to give me um, what I need in a, in sure, a guitar and, and, right and now. And to be a tool to do what you need it to do yeah. for the performance. And anybody who's bought a lot of guitars from a lot of different manufacturers, I think it's safe to say that pretty much everybody's in agreement that consistency is an issue. Yeah. But that's the trust thing with PRS. It's not an issue. It, it, it's really like remarkably consistent with the build quality and what you can expect. Like if I pick up that 594 over there or one in another store, which I have done plenty, I love those 594s. I saw you have, I think, one over there with P90s, we which do, makes yeah. me drool. Yeah, I love yeah, P90s, yeah, green especially on that guitar. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Um, but the consistency, I, I can just trust it. I know I can get a very consistent build, whether I'm in Australia or Asia, or here, or Europe, sure. wherever. And that's huge, because I've got other manufacturers' guitars, and they were definitely not as consistent. Okay. You know, great. Every, everybody makes great stuff. Sure, you know? when you get to a certain point, everybody's guitars are nice. Exactly. But, and there is a difference in, in feel when you, you know, other manufacturers, you could take three of the same Model X, and 
one is stand out yeah, better than absolutely. the rest of them. With the PRS, I think, uh, and we, we stock a lot of PRSs, mm -hmm. but every one that you take out of the box feels the same in terms of, you know, uh, the neck carve, the way that mm -hmm. the other one felt, the fretwork is always amazing. Yeah. Um, uh, normally the action, even when you pick it up out of the box, right. fresh is, is yeah. set well. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. You know, they, they stay in tune. Uh, they're really amazing instruments, and, mm -hmm. and the detail that Paul puts into them is also on another level. Yeah, it's also really pretty amazing. And and I would highly recommend to anybody go and sit if you can have a conversation with Paul Reed Smith and and buckle up because yeah. you know he's yeah. very energetic. Yes. Uh, but just from a few minutes, you can get the sense of how laser focused and fanatical he is about every single detail. In fact, the day that I met him when I was invited down to the factory. I live in Philly. I drove down, um, walked in to his office, and he's standing there with, with nuts. And in his office, he's got this long table. And he's just dropping them. He didn't even know who I was. I walk in, and he just goes, listen to this. And he drops this one. It's like, you hear that? Drops another one. You hear that? And then he drops this, this one that I think became standard on the guitars. And there was a note to it. Yeah. The other ones were thud, thud. And, and then this other one went ping. Yep. You know, there was a note to it. He's like, that's that's that. We're putting yeah. this on all the guitars now. And it was like, you know, that was a great introduction to how Paul is because he is, I mean, every, everything, everything, the screws for your bridge, yeah. you know, the, the, the tops of your tuners here to lock them, everything has a purpose, you know, and, and he's so fanatical about that. Again, when you know the person whose name is on the building and your guitar to the instruments that that trust is a uh, is a big thing Absolutely. and everybody wants to have trust in life it's uh, you know it's it's a natural instinct probably, it, it is and when you do have it you feel safe you feel sure. comfortable and you can then get that out of the way and just enjoy sure yeah and do what you're yeah. meant to do um so you run a website called gotopia correct yeah. um yeah which is a really awesome educational site Thank you. and uh you know i i have seen a lot of the videos that you've posted as kind of teasers as to, mm -hmm. you know, what you're covering and, right. and everything. Yep. Uh, tell our listeners about that. That's really, I think, an awesome tool for a, a uh, kind of an advancing student or someone who is kind of really interested in taking their guitar playing to the next sure. level kind of thing. Yeah, everything I know is going into that site. It's okay. just it's a subscription-based guitar education website. On-demand video, which makes it awesome. And a really, I mean, when you think about it, that is the way education should be done. Because I've been to schools, as anybody has, but I'm talking about music schools and such, where you have a week to get through this chapter, and whether you're ready or not, yeah. the page has to turn because they have to get you through all this stuff in a semester. Sure. Not the way to do it. I'm sorry. It's not going to sink in. Everything is not going to sink in because it's not about what you ingest. That's, that's gaining more tools. Like I always say, I always equate it to a painter going to the store and buying all the colors. You just acquire the colors. Do you know how to use them? And that takes time. Yeah. In a week, you can't get that stuff down. So it's a great way to get introduced to stuff. But when things are on demand and you can watch it and then watch it again, and by the way, you have five minutes on your lunch break, great, watch a video. Yeah. At night, you know, it's on your time. Yeah. And that's the beauty of it. People need to realize how beneficial on-demand resources actually are. And you can go back to something if you're fuzzy All on the it time. or you're not Absolutely. 100% comfortable Absolutely. And, and it doesn't yeah. work for you how you thought it would. You, yeah. can, you can revisit it. So do you have videos on there? Do you also have like printable 
resources yes. that go with with yeah. that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Okay. Right now, I mean, and it's still it's been live for a few years, and 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 um and it's been great. It's doing well, and I have been talking about <laughs> and working on the next version of it. Oh, that's cool. Okay. But it's been taking a long time. One because of touring. Two because of this new band, but also because. I know in the development world and just building a business in general, you kind of get started and you add on, you add on, you change, you add on, yep. you take away, you go and go and go. I am kind of not doing that. I'm, I'm going through and putting myself as the user and saying, all right, if these were the features, what's missing? All right, let's add this. So I'm going through, I've been going through this revolutionary process. Let's not say revolution, let's say evolutionary process of the site over the last 18 months. Okay, what if this was the site? All right, but it's missing this. All right, add that in. Now what? Okay, let's add this in. Okay. I'm, I'm trying to get everything covered when it, that will never happen, but yeah. I'm trying to get as, as much, much as covered to leap it forward to a point where it's just, just absolutely awesome. Pretty close to there. Uh, it's really just up to me to finish up a couple of things and then hand it over to a dev firm and, and have them build it and then get everybody on it. But um, so there's a like right now, there's a lesson of the week. OK, and that lesson is going to learning licks is great. It's an example of how to use what you're learning, a piece of theory, some technique. But if you learn a piece of theory and you learn some technique, it's like the painter who bought a set of brushes and some paint. You you acquired it, but do you know how to actually use it? Right. So the lesson of the week says, let's take this theory and this technique. We're going to put it in this genre. And now we're going to use it. I'm going to exemplify how to actually use this. And then every lesson, there's virtual trading. Okay. So I say, all right, I'm going to show you the lick. We're going to talk through, we always talk through it note for notes. I, growing up, hated when somebody would say, here's your lick. Okay. Yeah, and you're trying to Bye. figure it out. Like, oh, right. I'm, I'm like, wait, 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 w
and then you're just reciting something you're shown, it's really not doing what it needs to be doing. So I try to show people in every one of these lessons, here's the lick that you learn, but what if we just take the first three notes? Now I'm going to do something with it. Now you do something with yeah, it. Yeah, you're teaching them how to be yeah. a real musician really rather important. than just recite exercises. Absolutely. Kind of so those, those are just two of the features on there, the lesson of the week and the jam track. And so there's a section called the jam track jukebox, and I build them all. Really? Okay. Uh, record them, mix them, master them. Because I always... I've been, and many people have been in the situation where they're like, all right, I'm learning this. It's in this key and this quality. I need to go scour YouTube to try and find something that's, that's functional for my, my purposes. That's why I purposefully build them for every lesson. Yeah. So you never have to break your momentum as a practicing guitar player. You know, I don't want that to ever happen for me. So um, I think there's currently, as of today, actually, the lessons come out every Wednesday. So okay. today is number 352. Wow. So there's 352 Again, I call them hand-built because I do. I, yeah, I play the really guitar, good. I play the bass. I'm, I have a, a Roland V drum kit that I, you know, a lot of times I play the drums or I might use some loops, but um, it's, it's really great. You know, it's a great resource because again, what we have to do, no matter what the education function is as guitar players, what's the end of the road? Be, just being able to play. If I show you a D chord today and you've never touched a guitar, but you start going... Guess what? You're playing music. Right. Day one. Right. And if you're teaching, because a lot of a lot of um, like page one books, you know, and day one guitar lessons are gonna say, all right, we're gonna show you the D chord, the A chord, the C chord, the G chord, the E chord. Great. I don't know how to do anything with them. Right. So that all means nothing. Right. And it's not Take inspiring. one chord yeah. and learn how to make music with it. Let's talk about strumming. Goal focused. That's the way it has to be yeah. because everyone is buying this stuff to emote, to play music, you know, and if that's not happening, there's a lot of dysfunction in, and I'm not, I'm not throwing anybody else under the bus as far as education resources, but I'm just saying in my world, that's this what I didn't what like. And this yeah. is why I'm fixing it to, yeah. to be like this. Okay. So in my, I mean, the site's been live for, for a few years now, but it's an infant, it's barely scratching the surface. When this 2.0 comes out, it will skyrocket forward. As far as way more features, way more teachers, um, all sorts of really awesome stuff. So I'm, I'm very passionate about it uh, because I've seen what it does, what it can do with this kind of learning philosophy. Mm. You know, I get emails plenty saying this is fantastic because I never knew what to do with this scale. I always just practice the scale. Yeah, and it sounds like an exercise. It sounds scale, like a scale. But now you're using you know? it in a yeah. real world. Once you context. learn the scale, stop playing them. That's not music. Yeah. Use them yeah. to write something, you know. I'm really excited to, to see version cool. two then. That's, awesome. that's pretty cool. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to not have to think about there. it anymore. <laughs> uh, so I first uh, saw you and, and kind of uh, got familiar with your playing uh, through the Steve Vai uh, Live in Astoria DVD, mm -hmm. uh, which I think it was uh, early 2000s is when mm -hmm. that came out. I think it was 01, yeah. And I was uh, definitely super inspired. I think we were, we were pretty close in age. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, you know, I was a young college student then, mm -hmm. and uh, I read this amazing story that, uh, you know, you originally had uh, uh, answered an ad to be an assistant for Steve I, is that correct? Not for Steve, for his for his manager. Okay. But I didn't, the ad, so the story is that the, I moved to LA to go to Musicians Institute after college. I okay. went to college and then after that, I set out to pursue music. So I moved to LA, figured Guitar Institute of Technology would be a great place to start. That's the day idea. I got to LA, I went to MI 
because they were doing some kind of orientation, you know, it was really kind of to find a roommate, you know, but I walked in and there was this cork board with postcards tacked on it. And that was at the time, late nineties, the, uh, the job board. Sure. And there was one, and I knew that, listen, there's, there's, there's a billion guitar players better than me. It's about, like I said earlier, it's about people. It's about who, you know, you know, yeah. it's the, the cliche, but that's it's true. the yeah. truth. Yeah. So I knew I had to start to meet people. And, um, so I was looking just for some kind of internship, just a couple of days a week, you know, obviously I was there to go to school. So I didn't want anything to interfere with that. I didn't want to get like a, a real, you know, job, job. job. Yeah, sure. So there was this one that literally the first thing it said was make your own hours, management and firm, you know, uh, yeah, it sounds like me. <laughs> yeah. And there was, there were no names. It was just a fax number, not even a telephone number. So I drew up this resume and sent it over. And that night, like unusually late, I got a phone call like 11. Okay. Okay. Late, yeah. And it was this woman named Ruta Sepetis who is now a best-selling author. But at the time she owned a management firm and she called me and she said, Hey, uh, I got your, uh, facts. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny to say facts. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I got your facts and I uh, just wanted to talk a little bit and tell you about the uh, company and what you'd be doing and uh, blah, blah, blah. So she's, you know, went through her artist roster and the last one she said, and by the way, uh, uh, do you know a guitar player named Steve I? And, you know, in my mind, I'm going, of course, I had a poster of him on my wall when I was yeah. growing up, but you can't put yourself into the fan category. Sure. Because then you're professional. You're here to Yeah, do you're a job. looked at differently. Because yep. then they're like, is this gonna be cool to send this person over to Steve Vai's house or is it gonna be a fan? Yeah. You know Can what I mean? Sign this? Okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I didn't take a picture exactly. with you. Real you quick. can't have that. Yeah. You can't have any of that. So <laughs> I said, Oh yeah, sure, yeah, yeah, of course. I'm a guitar player. Of course I know who Steve Vai is. That yeah. was it. Yeah. Extent of the conversation about Steve Vai. So I started working for Ruda. And over I, I worked for for a year, you know, and over that year there were functions with Steve. I would go to his house and drop off papers or, you know, a, a basic uh, intern work. Yeah. That was it. But through that, we, Steve and I got to know each other. Never once talked about my, I mean, he knew I was a guitar player. He knew I was going to guitar school, but I never said, you got to listen to me, man. Yeah. You, yeah. yeah you got to listen to me. That's, you know, blah, blah, blah. I never once said it. Almost a year later, Steve finally said, Hey, I'd love to hear some stuff you're doing. And I happened to be recording uh, a small demo with some of the people who were in the recording program. Okay. But, and tonight I'm going to talk about writing because uh, it's really important. It is the path to becoming a really, I don't want to say a good guitar player, but an artist. Yeah. I mean, th this really all comes down to if you're not going from inside out, meaning writing, you're not creating your art, you know? Um, it's really important. I, I knew that. And like I said, I've been doing it since I was nearly 10 and, um, happened to have four songs that were nearly complete with this recording program. Uh, these recording program people, I said, yeah, I'll get you a demo, you know, tape. No, I'm sorry. It was a CD actually. It was late nineties. So it was a CD, <laughs> not a tape. Yeah. <laughs> but I gave it to Steve and never heard back. And I was like, okay, that's cool. And he, this was also the time when he was starting his record label. So he was getting flooded. Okay. And I figured, so. yeah, okay. You know, he'll listen to it or he listened to it or doesn't give a shit. You know, I, I just, I never brought it up because that's not professional. Absolutely. You know, I might have, I might have like many months later, but a few weeks later then I was working for Ruta. I was like, a, uh, you know, at the end of the week and she gets a call and it was Steve and, you know, she picked up, she's talking to Steve, but she's, she's going like this to me. She's like pointing at her phone. I was like, what? 
Yeah, what do you mean? She gets off the phone and she said, Steve's going to ask you to join his band. You're like, what? And I, I was like, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. You know, really, I just didn't believe her. <laughs> Uh, but you know, it's not that I didn't believe her. I, I, I was just like in disbelief, you know, that's the difference. I was like, okay. So he called me while my way home from, uh, working for Ruta that day. And he said, Hey, yeah, I like, I like your playing. I could use another guitar player in the band. We're about to go on a world tour. Would you like to do it? Mm. Of course I, um, I, I said, yeah, of course. Thank you so much. I'd, I'd be honored to. And, and he said, okay, I'm going to email you the set list. And um, the songs, this was a Friday. He said, I'll see you at my studio on Monday. I was like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> I'll, do, I'll do what I can. So um, Monday morning, I went to school and I said, I have to leave, you know, uh, because you go to school to kind of get an education to hopefully get a job. Once you have the job, what do you, yeah. what school for? You don't need yeah. it, you know? Education, a real education, as anybody knows, comes from experience. Yep. You know, get out of the classroom. Yeah. Do. Just be a doer. Um, called my parents. <laughs> I'm sure <laughs> I, said, I, I said, Mom, Dad, I'm leaving school because Steve, I asked me to go uh, on tour. And they were both like, that's nice. That, that was it. Because they didn't, you know, they're older. There's a huge gap in my age and my parents' age. But they just said, that's nice. You know, they didn't really get that what was about to happen, like the full scope of you know, I, I'm, I'm going to be on a crazy tour bus yeah. flying all over the planet, playing shows. And by the way, getting paid for it. I'm, I'm and learning. Know, of course. Yeah. yeah always learning. Um, that it hit them when we finally got, uh, on the first U S tour to Philly and they came out and they saw, you know, the there production were thousands of people there is. and it was yeah. a production and all that great stuff. And it was just a, it was a fun moment. It was a very nice moment. Anyway, that's the story. That's wow. how I got into Steve's man. That was 99. Uh, October of 99. So next month is our 20 year anniversary. If you want to put Man, it that that's way. Cool. It is cool. I mean, it's been a hell of a journey. It has been, as you said, an education, a nonstop education. He's the one who got me into recording and doing everything front to back by yourself, yeah. which, you know, is not a necessary thing, but it's nice to have those skills as well. Because even if I'm working with an, an engineer or producer or something, I know the, I know the whole process front to back. So I can, I feel uh, that I can work with them better yeah. and I can say, you know what, let's put a dotted eighth note delay on this guitar right here. And if the engineer is not on the same page, maybe they wouldn't have thought of that, but I yeah. can say the specifics and we can just get everything done faster and better. And again, all of that is for getting out and playing. For me, that's the end of the end road goal. for me. Yeah. That is the goal always and forever is playing live. Yeah. yeah. And it also kind of puts you in control of your own destiny because True. you're not uh, reliant upon other people right. or other people's ideas yeah. or, or, you know, how they see things. And now more than ever, you know, with technology and the cost being as low as they are, anybody can make a pro record at home. Yeah. I mean, totally. you can really even do it on your phone yeah. at this point, um, which is fantastic, but you do need some skills. Yeah. And if everybody learns just a little bit of it, you don't have to rely on anybody. You can get your music out and up there on iTunes next to the Beatles. Yeah. You know, by sitting at home and playing with your phone. Yeah. With and, and minimal expense, really. Have a phone. It's amazing. A laptop, an iPad, you yeah. know, whatever it is. These things all can get it done. So you've played with some amazing musicians mm -hmm. uh, throughout your career. I mean, even just the, the folks that have been in the Vibe Band with you, like mm -hmm. Billy Sheehan. Yeah. Tony McAlpine or yeah. something. Yeah. Who were some of the kind of 
pinch yourself moments that you were super inspired. I can't believe that I'm playing with this artist. Well, you know, all of them, really. You mentioned Billy. Yeah. You mentioned Tony McAlpine. I mean, when I joined the band, Mike Keneally was still in the band. Mike Mangini, who's now the drummer for Dream Theater, was in the band. And, I mean, Mike Mangini basically taught me about Odd Meter. You know, I really learned from from him, and it was it was a conversation, but it was also osmosis, just being around, you know, because some of the Vice songs are are Odd Meter. Yeah. So he broke it down for me, and and um, Virgil Donati was in the band after yeah. him, who's another amazing drummer. Um, it's just been there's, and the guys, the Philip Bino, bass player, drummer now, Jeremy Colson. You know, everybody, of course, and Steve, everybody, you know, has been amazing. And then there have been multiple G3 tours that we've done with Satriani and John Petrucci, Paul Gilbert, Malmsteen. Uh, I don't know. That list goes on. Yeah. Um, there's, there, there, But then there's also the events that we've done. I mean, we played a show with Aerosmith and Toto one time for a crazy amount of people. That's cool. And that was, that was pretty awesome. We did Eric Clapton's Crossroads Festival. I think it was the first one in 06 or something like that. Maybe even before that, I don't know. Um, I mean, I walk in the green room and there's Eric Clapton. Yeah. Just sitting by himself having grapes, you know? <laughs> uh, and, and that kind of stuff. It's just, it's every every step of the way is be professional, but it's okay to geek out on it. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's okay to... Because this it, is amazing. It, you should it, enjoy it, this. It is. This is a cool, you know... It, no matter what you're doing, one of the things I've learned aside from... Um, you know, some basic life principles of, you know, relationships are everything. Um, how you treat people is everything. But also being able to stop and have moments of appreciation and being grateful for sitting here in a beautiful store having a conversation. I mean, there's people who are doing extremely difficult work right now yeah. as we're sitting here. Right, around you know guitars, I mean? talking about music. Doing and, what and, we love. Yeah, You have to... You have to kind of get your head out of your ass and appreciate that. You know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? Because a lot of people don't, and including me. It took me many years, and um, many uh, these these amazing people I've worked with, they've all had an influence, um, you know, in, in growing. But that's life. You grow. Yeah. Hopefully, you figure things out. And yeah. you get to these points where you can you can appreciate and therefore spread that to everybody else. And, you know, because it is infectious. When somebody's in a good mood, it... it Kind of everybody else is, feels it. Feels it goes. It, it yeah. goes. When somebody's in yeah. a bad mood, everybody you feels really it too. Feel it, That's right. You know, and <laughs> nobody wants that. You know. So, do you still get pre-show jitters or get mm -hmm. nervous? Not I at never all. get nervous. Really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, maybe it's a, again, a life thing, but there's no consequence. The sun's gonna set tonight. It's gonna come up tomorrow. Doesn't if I do a terrible job tonight, <laughs> which I, I won't. That will happen, but <laughs> <laughs> or I do the best job ever. Life goes on. Yeah, you know, okay. and you gotta zoom out. You gotta zoom out of your little world and realize, yeah. you know, how inconsequential many things are. Um, while being grateful for everything, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to find that balance. balance and um, but that's where my mind is. You know, I do my best for every single thing that I do. Um, the life's not worth it otherwise, in my opinion, but I only take that so far because there's no consequence. Yeah. There really isn't. Okay. You know, you don't break the law, but there's no consequence <laughs> otherwise, you know? Yeah. We're not encouraging that, but exactly. No, just, just let, you know, ch check, check yourself. Yeah. You know, are you taking things too seriously? And again, that doesn't mean half-ass anything, 
do your best. You won't get where you want to be unless you are working hard yeah. at, at what you want to be doing. But, you know, you got to lighten up a little bit. <laughs> um, when I first encountered you today, you were hunting around the music store mm -hmm. telling me how much you love to, like, pick through old pedals and, and yeah. find new gear. Yeah. Um, is there some elusive piece of gear that is out there that you've always been looking for or that you mm. had and maybe had gotten rid of at one point or not really. Okay. Not really. I mean, I've, um, I've got, I, I like things to be pretty simple. Um, because the more, well, I can't even say that. I was going to say, you know, the more that you, you you've got, going on the more chance for a little cable to break you know or something goes down and etc so i try to keep things simple but it's not even about the gear it's like how did you get to that point you know i need i know what my what i need out of my tone you know i can usually make that happen in many different situations like today we're playing these beautiful prs on zero 20s and i don't own th these amps i have a few beautiful PRS amps. I don't have these in particular, but I used these at the clinic last night and they sounded phenomenal, you know, phenomenal. Um, so anything, any situation I can, I can rely on what I know is in me as far as of course playing ability, but, but tone wise. Okay. So to circle back around to your question, I'm thinking of, I'm like going down my list mentally of essentials for me. I need, I need a good boost, maybe an overdrive. Okay. A little bit of wetness going on. I like a little bit of reverb and a little bit of delay. Okay. Just so it sounds fuller. Really, kinda... that's it. Okay. I could do away with everything else. Um, because, again, I've, over the years, rely, now rely so much on the amp to really bring out my sound. And, you know, there's the conversations about where does tone come from. In my world, definitively, it starts with an idea of what you want to sound like. Then you develop your hands to make that happen. You choose the gear to get that Accentuate out. That, sure. And then, you know, other things like that, like pedals and stuff that we're talking about. Um, you know, so you got to find the right amp. And it's a journey. It takes, you know, it's not gonna, it's not gonna happen on day one of buying an amp. Yeah. You know, a lot of people flip gear, and that's for a reason. It, it, you kind of have to experiment. Time with it. Yeah. You, you like one twelve, two twelve, four twelve, three twelve, yeah. tens. Yeah. That's just speakers. Yeah. Close back, open back. There's the cabs, and then we're talking about the amp. What wattage and what kind of tubes do you like in there? Right. This is there's a lot of variables to go through right. to figure it out. And same thing with guitars. I mean, let's talking about just woods. And then what kind of single coils, P90s, mini humbuckers, yeah, full humbuckers, length, whatever, scale yeah. length, strings, and all of that stuff, yeah. you know, it's a process. So go through it. Everybody has to. So I've got it down to, I just, uh, I don't need too much. I'm real simple. Okay. You know, I, I like to keep things simple and, um, there's really nothing on that list is the whole point. Okay, all right. <laughs> Again, there's not, there's nothing that I go in looking for, um, you know, like anybody, something crops up and, and I'm the kind of person where it's like, oh, that, they, that pedal, I really want to get one of those. Sure. And I have a hard time letting it go until I get inspiration. one. You want to yeah. like, yeah, yeah I, it's I like, maybe it doesn't work once yeah. you get it yeah. and then you sell it and it's yeah. no big deal. But, um, there's nothing on that list right now. Okay. I'm supremely content. 
Okay. So you uh, had mentioned a cable failure, you know, with the more you have, the more mm-hmm. that could go wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, being a professional touring musician, someone who does this for a living, tell me about your biggest gear failure or kind of your most embarrassing on stage moment. Well, it, uh, you know, there, there's, there's never been like huge disasters. Uh, that's lucky. Really? Yeah. There's <laughs> never been, but that comes from preparation. Yeah. You know, I play a stereo rig. And even if I'm on, if I'm on tour with Steve, I don't play a stereo rig because he is stereo and there's not enough room in the sonic scope to right. yeah, for for, both for of two guys. stereo yeah. rigs. So I just play mono. It's his show. I, you know, it's, it, it is what it is, but there's always two amps on stage because of, and they're always set the exact same. If one goes down, pull the cables over to the other one and we're back up and running okay. and the show won't stop. It'll be a few seconds and that's it that I might drop out but that's it. That's actually never happened. What happened one time, and I'm not going to mention names of manufacturers or anything. I don't want to throw them under the <laughs> bus fine. because, you know, when you tour and tour and tour and this stuff gets thrown in and sure, out of it trucks, wears down, it gets in and out of broken, planes, yeah. you know, this stuff's been around the world. Uh, again, we're talking all, nearly 20 years. Of course, not all the same gear, but things break. And um, my pedal board, uh, I'm just going to leave it at that. I don't even want to get into specifics because, again, it, it could. I don't want to throw the people under the bus yeah. that built it. But it's not their fault anyway. Again, it's just use. Sure. But the brains of the pedal board went down. So really all that happened then, guitar cable straight to the amp. That's yeah. it. You know, you as long as that's functioning, you can get through, a show, like you can get through yeah. a show. You know, all of the nice effects were missing and et cetera. But it happens. It happens. Yeah. Just plug me straight in. You, you can't, you can't make excuses. You have to keep the show going. Yeah. Okay. But that's what astonishes me when I see people playing shows with one amp, you know, I don't know how they do it. I mean, to me, again, what, if, if, let's say if, you know, this new band, I'm the only guitar player. And if I had one amp and it went down, what's, what's going to happen? Yeah. Sorry, folks, show's yeah. over. See you guys. Because I'm unprofessional <laughs> and I don't have another amp ready yeah. to go. Yeah. So, you know, that's why I run a stereo rig because it sounds fantastic yeah. and it's just bigger, it's fuller. And then of course the stereo effects just sound so fun. They're yeah. so amazing. It sounds like alive it compared does. to a mono yes. rig. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So it's just so nice. But again, there's also a practical purpose, more practical purpose. Uh, if one amp goes down, you've got the second ready to go. Yeah. That's okay. a really great thing to think about. And a lot of people think, well, the expense of another amp. Yeah, but... Again, if your show goes down, guess what? That venue, the agent, the promoter, whatever, they might not be talking too good about things yeah. and might not bring you back. Yeah. So you have to take this very seriously. Yeah. You know, this is one section of the world there that we do have to take seriously. You have to plan and prepare so that it goes as great as possible. Yeah. And you're hired to do a job. You need to do that. Exactly. To the best people pay money to get in and, and watch you play. Yeah. I don't care and, if there's and, five people out there or, or 50 or 5,000, whatever it's going to be. You, you know, you, you can't do that. So, yeah. you know, that, that makes total yeah, sense. That's why I use the, the, the rig that I do. Okay. Well, I look forward to hearing it tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, I want to thank you for taking the time to do this. And, and to, thank you. you know, Thanks for the questions. And, uh, you know, hang out with us for the night. I know we're awfully excited to uh, to have you here. It's it's gonna be a uh, lot of fun. The vibe in the store all day yeah. has been really cool. You know, cool. like Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there anything that you want to leave our listeners with? Um, you know, again, I've got this new band coming. I would really uh, just say follow me on all the social. I'm everywhere. You know, YouTube, Facebook. 
Twitter, Instagram, and from that, it'll springboard over to the pages and such for the new band. Okay. So, you know, uh, Dave Wiener Music okay. is pretty much the handle for, I think, all of that stuff, I believe. Um, so just follow me there. Check out Katopia. You know, again, I'm very hands-on. When support questions come in, it comes to me. That's cool. You know, and it's not about the site. Hey, my account, blah, blah, blah. Somebody else handles that. But when um, questions come in, and this is a great thing that I tell the, the, the we call them Gitopians. <laughs> you know, if you have a question about a scale or a piece of gear or something, feel free to send that in. Because having access to, again, I, I, I'm not patting myself on the back. It's just experience. Yeah. The people that I go to for advice and help and insight are the ones who have experience for decades. Yeah. Because that's, that's the guide. You know, if you want to be a good teacher, if you want to be a good guide of any kind, that only comes from one thing, and that's getting out there and gaining the experience to have the, the insight, to be wise about a situation, you know? So I tell people, you know, hey, send in your email. So that's another cool aspect of, you know, the support side of things. So yeah, that's check, actually check really out cool Utopia. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a you lot as of, a resource. Yeah, your it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. it's a lot of fun. Um, and that's it. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Well, awesome. Thank you very much. Cool. Thanks, Jay.